Please open your Bibles this morning and join me in reading, uh, as Pastor mentioned, Pastor Jake mentioned, Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 21. It's toward the end of the Bible. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians is four of Paul's shorter epistles. We used to remember when we were kids, General Electric Power Company. <laughs> Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 21. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient." Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Rather, expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can be here this morning, that we can worship you and praise you. We can celebrate and participate in the Lord's Supper. We can can offer our offerings for the work of, of your kingdom here on earth. We can remember who you are and who we are as your children. Lord, we give thanks that we can Read your scripture, this gift that you've given to us. And, and Lord, we pray that this, this whole time of worship and praise may shape us and form us more and more into the people you call us to be. Lord, I pray that the words which will be spoken next, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. I pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 
as I mentioned to the, to the children, Paul often uses opposites or contrasts to describe our journey of faith and, and how we respond to Jesus. And he especially does it in these verses here. But before he gets into contrast, he kind of sets down a foundation of how we should live. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And of course, that brings us back echoing to Jesus' summary of the law when he says, you know what, you got to love God with everything that you are, your heart and soul and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On this, the whole law hangs, and the prophets, meaning the whole teachings of the Old Testament. So, so there's this foundation that we're given, but the problem is, oh, it's not always easy to love and to live in love. But because of Jesus' love and sacrifice for us, Paul calls us, calls us to allow gratitude and thankfulness to, to shape our hearts and our minds and lives in response to that love. And this is why the church can be such a, a blessing. This is why it appealed to so many people 2,000 years ago and, and why it still appeals to so many who are searching, who are seeking something more than what they can create and what they can make in their own lives, that are, that are searching for, for meaning and for purpose, for, for healing and for, for hope. That's why the church can be such a blessing. Because we're here to bring light and to offer the hope that only Jesus can offer, that only Jesus can give. Or as we're talking about in our profession of faith class, that we're here for the life of the world. So Paul's warning us here that we have choices. We have to make decisions every day and I read some stats someplace about how many decisions we make every day and I was I was overwhelmed. I'm going, I don't think I make that many decisions. But, but we unconsciously choose one thing over another all the time as we journey through our day. And we can choose to follow in Jesus' way, the way that he has taught. Or we can follow in, in our culture's way. And our culture has many good things, but... But we're generally attracted to that negative parts of our culture, the, the parts that call us to, to satisfy ourselves, our own desires, our own wants, and, and gives us permission to do so. Paul recognizes that those ways of living, they separate us from God. But they keep finding their ways into our lives. He talks about sexual immorality, about impurity, greed, or, or mockery that no matter the times or generations we're part of, keep getting embraced by people. Paul uses the word pornea here, where we get our word for pornography. And he's talking about, about lust, about filling your heart and minds with sexual images and thoughts that use and, and demean others for your own pleasure. It's about using others for yourself, even if it's just within your own imagination. It's easy and common to escape into created worlds of lust and greed instead of living with the people who are around you. 
with the world at our fingertips through the internet, it's easy to indulge our lust at any moment of the day, anywhere we are. And our culture is saying that it's normal. And it's even good to indulge our, our lust through pornography. But sh- studies show that it affects both men and women, both young and old, and it leads to weaker more fractured relationships because at its heart it's about using the other person for your own self your own desires your own perceived needs but it's not only that it was also about the foolish talking and the coarse joking and that as well and it grieves me to say that the internet has just made it worse I'm on a number of Facebook groups. I use Facebook to stay in touch with my kids and my grandkids. And and the memes that are used. And don't kid yourself, older seniors, you're as bad as the younger ones are for choosing to share the, the most hurtful and sometimes hateful memes as a joke to make a statement what statement are you making? Are you walking in the way of the world saying, hey, it's okay to mock someone, to compare them to someone that, that has done great hurt or destruction, to mock someone for what they believe? How does that reflect that way of love, that loving God and loving neighbor? Self-control, purity, are often seen as outdated virtues. Unfortunately, sometimes even within the church. And these things, they grieve God. What all these things have in common is a spirit of selfishness, of arrogance, of anger, of hatred, of spite. These are all things that take rather than give. I've had people challenge me on both sex before marriage or pornography or using memes that are are hurtful and hateful and, and they'll say it doesn't mean anything. And yet when you push them, they'll normally have to admit that it satisfies themselves and they really we're not caring about the other person at that time. Their ultimate commitment is to themselves rather than to the other person. See, and Jesus says it doesn't matter whether you like the other person or not, we're supposed to love even our enemies. We're supposed to pray for those who persecute us. There is no way we should ever put anyone down. So Paul emphasizes in another letter We are here to build each other up and to encourage, not to pull down and destroy. And we have a choice. What are we going to embrace? Which path? See, he warns that impurity is about letting things into your head, heart, or life that bring stains to our souls. Stains that we know don't please God, 
but you embrace them anyway, even though they build barriers between you and God and you and others. Even if the barriers are unseen and only inside your heart. And I'm not even shocked or surprised anymore at mockery or coarseness. And it saddens me that there's so little concern for the hurt and harm it brings. That's why Paul challenges us to to embrace the spirit of Jesus instead, which consists of of love and self-sacrifice, placing the other first instead of tearing them down. How we live is important even when people can't see it. Paul's talking about the differences between living in darkness and living in and as light in the Lord. We're reminded that Jesus gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, one that pleased God, a sacrifice to to God for us that paid for all our sins because he loves us so deeply. That's what we just celebrated. We're unable to cover the cost of our sin, so, so God comes down to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Jesus takes the price of our sin on himself, buying us back from death and Satan for himself. And the invitation is to always come into the light. But as Paul says, it also rejects those who embrace the way of darkness. The call is to expose the deeds of darkness while having nothing to do with them. We can't do it on our own. This is why we're also given the Holy Spirit. We're called to live as children of light, which is about goodness, righteousness, and truth. We live in a cynical culture, and many people mock these ideals of of goodness, righteousness, and truth. But they build strong, blessed communities that allow people to flourish and experience acceptance and and permission to take chances to explore their talents and, and who they are and to fail And no, they won't be mocked for it. Jesus is the light of the world. But because we're followers of Jesus, we are also light to the world. So Jesus reminds us how foolish it is to hide a lamp under bushel baskets because that defeats the whole purpose of what lamps are for. To provide light when it's dark. To provide guidance when you can't see the way forward. And in the same way, we provide light in the form of hope and grace, comfort and acceptance to those who are going through dark times. We provide a a way of living to the community around us that shows that we want to focus on being who God is calling us to be. That for us, righteousness, goodness, truth is important. But even when we speak truth... We do so in love. And we remember that when we're speaking truth, we're talking about Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The reality is it's impossible to walk the way of love. To walk the way of Jesus out of thankfulness and gratitude to God without help. And that help comes from God. Paul encourages us to be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Do we really understand that? 
Well, to be filled with the Holy Spirit means that we're, we're mastered and controlled by a very different power, one that works inside of us to stir things up so that we're more aware of God's presence around us. And this presence and power of the Holy Spirit helps us to focus our energy on worshiping God and serving God throughout the day, every day. The Spirit guides us through our day, praising God through how we do our life at work, at school, at home, in the community. It may involve songs and music, though if you're hearing me sing or, or whatever, I'm sorry. Um, but there's so many different ways of praising God. It means going to, to work and saying, I may not like my boss, I may not like my job, but I am going to do the best that I can because I know I'm providing something for someone else through it. At school, it means I'm going to do the best that I can, and even if I can't get A's, even if I can only get C's and D's, as long as I'm doing my best, but I can also encourage and, and be a friend to those who don't have many friends. I can be an encouragement. I can, I can love others. It can mean connecting to your neighbors and listening to them and being a helping hand when it's needed. It can mean encouraging and blessing. See, it's mostly about how we do goodness wherever we are. Doing our best work all the time, even when no one else is looking. Especially when no one else is looking. Standing up for what's right, even if it might cost us. And it may cost us a lot. Following Jesus and being filled with his spirit is not about doing church, but it's about who we are as the church in the world. Who we are as followers of Jesus. Our character is shaped by the Holy Spirit, revealing to the world who God is. Paul emphasizes this in his letter to the Galatians where he talks about what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. Again, contrasting to the world's way of, of walking. Galatians 5. So I say walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh or the mind or the heart. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The law, acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I'm going, oh man, that's a whole list. And I can just imagine him as he's writing it down and the scribe is writing. Because Paul was a passionate guy, so he would have been getting into it. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Echoing back to this letter in Ephesians. But then comes this powerful, powerful picture of what it is to be filled with the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit, and this is all one, we can't just pick one and, and not the other. The fruit of the Spirit is all of these together. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. See, the Holy Spirit changes us. You know, we all make these, these things on January 1st, I'm going to change and I'm going to do this and I'm going to be that and everything else. And, and then it's by the week two, it's kind of all through the past and everything else. And, and that's because we're doing it in our own strength. But when we engage the Holy Spirit, a gift from God, we get that staying power. We get that guidance, but we also get the ability to, to actually make those choices for, for Jesus' way, for God's way. We learn how to say no to all that stuff that separates us from God and from each other. We are called to live out the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wherever we are, and we're in the world all week, every week. We're called to walk that way of love. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of the things that Jesus is love. It comes down to trusting that Jesus' way is intended to help us to reach our potential, to become the people that God's created us to be, to be communities that honor God and each other. Walking in Jesus' way of love looks like giving water to the thirsty, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and those in prison, caring about people in our communities, obeying Jesus' commandments, and inviting those who are ignoring or rejecting God's will to, to trust that God's way is best. Because he loves us. He desires what's best for us, even if we don't understand it at the time. When we care for others, Jesus says, we're really doing it for him and to him. Showing that we're filled with his spirit. This is how we're light to the world. This is how we bring the hope of God, the hope of Jesus. And even if you feel you're too old or physically unable to be this kind of presence, being filled with the Spirit will, will grow your prayer life as, as you pray for those who are engaged in physical and, and relational work. You can support the activities of being light in our community with your finances, with your encouragement, with your blessing. You can encourage those who are engaged in blessing the community through Bethel by, by blessing them through cards and phone calls, emails, and texts, and in person on Sunday mornings. See, a big part of coming together on Sunday mornings is to build each other up and encourage each other. It's to say, hey, how's it going? And then not walking by fast, but standing there and saying, how are you doing? And if you're doing great, I want to hear that too. If you're struggling, I want to hear that so that I can pray for you. Maybe right there, but definitely through the week. I want to be able to encourage you and build you up. Help you to see how God sees you through his eyes. I want to share with you how God has, has walked with me through the week and helped me to be his presence. See, that's how we come to worship on Sunday. We come for each other. And to praise God together. 
But a big part of praising God is, is building up his body, building up that body of Christ. And then saying, hey, how can we go from here together? And how can we bless this community? Showing them what God's kingdom looks like, what it feels like. We come together as a church filled with the Spirit to walk in the way of love. It's not a journey we walk on our own. We walk it together and with God as he fills us with his spirit to guide and bless us so that we can be a blessing here. I had one friend say, you talk that, that we're not supposed to focus on, on works righteousness, but you sure talk a lot about things to do. And I'm going, it's the spirit that it comes out of. I'm not trying to earn my salvation. That's been done for us. But because it's been done for us, I go to God and I say, who do you want me to be and how can I be your presence here? How can I walk in the way of Jesus, in the way of love? That's what motivates me to to be a doer to not be a taker, to be a giver. Because that's, God is a giver and a doer too. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for, for someone like Paul who will push us and who will challenge us and who will say, you have choices to make. And for Jesus who gives us his way of living, who calls us to, to a way of being, and how you've placed us here to be your presence, to, to, show, to show this world kingdom what your kingdom looks like. And Lord, it's all done in that spirit of love. But it's also with a warning that if we don't walk your way, you'll grieve, but you'll let us make that choice too. So Father, help us. Fill us with your spirit that we can continually choose you, choose your way, choose the way of Jesus, the way of love. Amen.